Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of A Minder. My name is Marcia and I will be your host for this episode. Today, we'll cover papers that showed up on PubMed in September 2020 that focused on targeting tau as an AD therapy option. In the past, a heavy focus has been put on targeting amyloid to combat AD since the popular amyloid cascade hypothesis suggests that amyloid deposition triggers the rest of the disease cascade. With many clinical trial failures targeting amyloid, more of a focus has been put on other aspects of the disease like tau which you'll hear about in this episode. This falls under our novel drug development theme and there are a lot of cool studies in this episode. So stay tuned. As a reminder, we include all peer-reviewed papers in our episodes, meaning that we don't make judgment calls on the quality of the papers we include. Since we mostly pull from the abstracts to generate content for our episodes, it is up to you to comb through the data in the paper before you take anything as fact. To help you with this, we offer free numbered bibliographies with our episodes. Check out the episode notes for more details. Today's episode is quite short. We have just 10 papers, so without any further ado, let's get started. Welcome to Aminder, a podcast where we summarize the latest publications on Alzheimer's disease for you, so you can spend more time doing awesome research. For every month, you'll find a series of episodes by theme, and each comes with a bibliography. Whether you're in the lab, on the bus, or cooking your meal, we hope you find this podcast useful and accessible. In the first couple of papers in today's episode, I'll cover papers that used immunotherapy to combat tau pathies. The title of the paper is Characterization of Tau Binding by Gosuranamab. It was published in the Journal of Neurobiology of Disease by first author Sopko and last author Herring. In this paper, the researchers characterized gosuranumab, a humanized monoclonal antibody targeting the N-terminal region of tau. They did a number of in vivo and in vitro experiments, including binding experiments, epitope mapping, immunodepletion of human brain homogenates, and mouse samples, and much more. Check out the original paper for more details. Here, I'll present some of the key findings. The authors found that gosuranumab showed high affinity for tau monomers, tau fibrils, and insoluble tau. They also found that this humanized monoclonal antibody reduce unbound n-terminal tau in csf from individuals with ad and in interstitial fluid and csf of transgenic mice these results are promising for the further development of gosuranumab as an ad therapy option this next paper also falls into the immunotherapy category and here the authors describe tau selective antibody pt3 and its humanized variant This paper, paper number 2, published in the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease is titled Discovery and Functional Characterization of Human PT3, a humanized antiphospho tau selective monoclonal antibody. This paper is by first author Van Collen and last author McKern. As you could probably guess from the title, here the authors explore the potential of a tau antiphospho T212 T217 selective antibody called PT3 and its humanized variant HPT3. 
the author started from the ground up as they immunized mice with human tau to generate a collection of antibodies. They then humanized one of them, PT3, and characterized its binding in vitro with a series of methods. They then did further characterization with mouse and cellular tau seeding models and in human post-mortem tissue. They found that the antibody PT3 and its humanized variant showed high affinity for paired helical filaments from human AD brains and also for non-aggregated phosphor tau. What's more interesting is that they also saw a reduction of tau seeds in AD brain homogenates. There is lots to unpack in this paper, but ultimately the authors characterized this novel antibody well and propose it as a candidate for further development. The next couple of papers discuss tau in its role as a microtubule associated protein. If you aren't already intimately familiar with tau and its functions, it's first important to know a bit more about microtubules. These are a key part of the cytoskeleton and they regulate cell division, morphology, intracellular transport and axonal stability, effectively playing crucial roles in cell function. Tau promotes the formation of axonal microtubules, stabilizes them, and facilitates neurite outgrowth. In Alzheimer's disease, tau gets hyperphosphorylated and actually separates from the microtubules, resulting in microtubule structure and function defects, and ultimately the pathological hallmark of neurofibrillary tangles. In the next few papers, the novel drugs are focused on correcting microtubule defects when tau gets dissociated. This paper, paper number three, published in the Journal of Alzheimer's and Dementia, is titled Correction of Microtubule Defects Within Amyloid Beta Plaque Associated Dystrophic Axons Results in Lowered Amyloid Beta Release and Plaque Deposition. The first author is Yao and the last author is Brandon. In this paper, the authors look at microtubule stabilizing agents, specifically at the compound CNDR51657 which I'll refer to as CNDR in short. So they administered CNDR to 5X FAD mice and were interested to know if it could reduce axonal degeneration adjacent to amyloid beta plaques and subsequent amyloid beta release. They found that CNDR treatment reduced levels of soluble amyloid beta, APP, and base 1, resulting in decreased formation of insoluble amyloid beta deposits. With that, they propose a vicious cycle mechanism where initial amyloid beta plaque formation causes microtubule dysfunction in nearby axons, leading to increased levels of APP and base 1, which likely promotes further amyloid beta formation and plaque deposition. They suggest that microtubule stabilizing agents, due to their ability to disrupt this cycle, could make for excellent AD therapeutics. The next paper, paper number 4, describes the use of yet another microtubule stabilizing agent to target tau-associated microtubule dysfunction. This paper is titled, Enhancing Microtubule Stabilization Rescues Cognitive Deficits and Ameliorates Pathological Phenotype in an Amelorogenic Alzheimer's Disease Model. Fernandez Valenzuela is the first author, and Gutierrez is the last author of this paper published in Scientific Reports. The effects of microtubule stabilizing agents in models of tau-pathy have been studied extensively, but the data on the effects of these agents on amyloid beta levels is limited. 
To further explore this, much like the last paper I covered, this research group looked at the microtubule stabilizing agent, apothelone D or EPO-D, in another amyloidogenic mouse model, the APP-PS1 model of AD. They found that EPO-D-treated mice had reduced levels of phospho-tau and intra- and extracellular hippocampal amyloid beta. They also had improved cognition, microtubule dynamics, and axonal transport. Much like the conclusions of the previous paper, this work supports the use of microtubule stabilizers as AD therapeutics. The next couple of papers are aimed at finding novel inhibitors of protein kinases known to contribute to tau's hyperphosphorylation and effective dissociation from microtubules. In the first paper in this category, the authors focus on a main kinase responsible for tau phosphorylation, glycogen synthase kinase 3-beta or GSK3-beta. The title of this paper, paper number 5, is Insight into Glycogen Synthase Kinase 3-beta Inhibitory Activity of Phytoconstituents from Melissa officinalis in Silico Studies. Eva Loeb and Felipe are the first and last authors of this paper published in the journal In Silico Pharmacology. In this work, the researchers identified compounds from the plant Melissa officinalis, commonly called lemon balm, that had potential to inhibit GSK3-beta, which would ultimately reduce tau phosphorylation. Using molecular docking studies, among other computational methods, they found that three compounds, salvianolic acid C, elagic acid, and naringenin, had optimal bioactivity and IC50 values and overall potential as drugs. Check out the original paper for more specific details on the compounds they identified. In the next paper, the scientists target the tyrosine kinase film. The title of paper 6 is Glucosyl Polyphenols as Inhibitors of Amyloid Beta-Induced Thin Kinase Activation and Tau Phosphorylation, Synthesis Membrane Permeability and Exploratory Target Assessment Within the Scope of Type 2 Diabetes and Alzheimer's Disease. This paper was published in the Journal of Medicinal Chemistry. The first author is De Matos and the last author is Rauter. As the title suggests, in this paper, the authors investigated the effects of glucosyl polyphenols on islet amyloid polypeptide, glucosidases, and cholinesterases, targets popularly implicated in diseases such as type 2 diabetes, Alzheimer's disease, and diabetes-induced dementia. They were especially interested in knowing if these glucosyl polyphenols inhibited the tyrosine kinase fin, since it can be activated by amyloid beta, which can lead to downstream tau hyperphosphorylation. Using in vitro studies, they found that several of the glucosyl polyphenols were able to block amyloid beta-induced fin kinase activation and reduce the hyperphosphorylation of tau. Of these, they identified two compounds that inhibited butyl cholinesterase and beta-glucosidase as well, making them attractive as potential multi-target AD therapeutics. Overall, these data suggest that glucosyl polyphenols have therapeutic potential in Alzheimer's disease and other metabolic disorders. Paper 7 describes the inhibitory activity of plant metabolites against multiple tau protein kinases. The title of this paper is Deciphering Inhibitory Activity of Flavonoids Against Tau Protein Kinases, a Coupled Molecular Docking and Quantum Chemical Study. 
published in the Journal of Biomolecular Structure and Dynamics. This one is by first author Rasauli and last author Ramalo. Here, the researchers looked into plant metabolites, specifically flavonoids, as AD therapeutics. They used a combined docking and quantum study to learn how the flavonoids bind to three tau protein kinases implicated in AD pathogenesis. They found that all docked flavonoids showed considerable target receptor binding, with some outperforming others. But docking studies alone cannot describe how ligand substructures interact with target residues. So, they used quantum chemical analysis and found that the distribution of molecular orbitals play an important role in determining the type of ligand receptor interactions. This indicates that quantum chemical analyses may help correct the results of docking studies and together they can be used for further research in AD therapeutics. In the last three papers of today's episode, we talk about papers that didn't necessarily fit into the above mentioned categories. First off, here is one where the researchers described the link between tau hyperphosphorylation and the methionine cycle, both of which have been associated with neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's disease. Paper 8 is titled, S. adenosyl methionine rescues cognitive deficits in the RTG4510 animal model by stabilizing protein phosphatase 2A and reducing phosphorylated tau. Beauchamp and Barham are the first and last authors of this paper published in the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease. In this paper, the target was a protein phosphatase, an enzyme that can reverse phosphorylation by kinases. Here, the scientists use RTG4510 mice expressing mutant human P301L tau to see whether S-adenosyl methionine could increase the activity of protein phosphatase A to ultimately reduce tau phosphorylation and rescue cognitive deficits. They orally supplemented the mice with S-adenosyl methionine and measured spatial recognition memory, P-tau levels and protein phosphatase 2A levels. Through immunohistochemistry, Western blot and ELISA, they found that S-adenosyl methionine did increase the expression and activity of protein phosphatase 2A, reduced P-tau levels, and they also found that it improved cognition in the model. The ninth paper, published in the International Journal of Nanomedicine, is titled PEG Ceramide Nanomissiles Induce Autophagy and Degrade Tau Proteins in N2A Cells. Gao and Yin are the first and last authors of this paper. Autophagy plays an important role in removal of aggregated proteins and is also the primary route of clearance for tau in healthy neurons. In cases of neurodegenerative diseases like AD, autophagy is often impaired, resulting in the failure to remove abnormally deposited or misfolded proteins. In order to rectify this situation and induce autophagy, these scientists developed polyethylene glycol or PEG ceramide nanomissiles and tested them on the murine neuroblastoma cell line N2A. The results of their experiments showed that the nanomissiles increased autophagy and induced tau degradation in the N2A cells, hinting at their potential as an AD treatment option. Up next is the last paper for today, paper number 10, titled Alpha Screen Identifies MSAT2 inhibitors for taupathy targeting therapeutic discovery. The first author is Baker and the last author is Kramer 
and the paper was published in the SLAS Discovery Journal. In their previous work, these authors showed that MSAT2 is an RNA binding protein that facilitates tau-mediated neurodegeneration and cognitive dysfunction. On that basis, this research group developed a pipeline to identify MSAT2 inhibitors that could be used to treat tauopathy disorders like Alzheimer's disease. In short, their methodology described how to find specific inhibitors of the poly-A RNA binding protein MSAT2 interaction. And based on this, they found a sulfonic acid called DIDS as a potential inhibitor of MSAT2-induced tau pathology. For detailed steps of their pipeline and the compound DIDS, be sure to check out the original paper. With that, we come to the end of this episode. Stay tuned for more on the treatment and testing theme. In the upcoming episodes, we talk about exciting research focused on targeting the cholinergic system, the mitochondria, metabolism, and the immune system. And as a reminder, each episode comes with a numbered bibliography, so if you heard something here that sparked your interest, be sure to track down the full paper. For more details, be sure to check out the episode notes. With that, I'd like to thank the Aminder team. Credits go to Anusha Kamesh for the music you hear in our episodes. You can also find her on SoundCloud or on YouTube under AK Music. Also, thanks to the sorting and the bibliography teams for their work in keeping Aminder running smoothly. For updates on our podcast, follow us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. And if you are interested in joining our team, send us an email with your CV or reach out to us on our social media platforms. We hope you found this podcast useful and accessible. Thanks for tuning in.